Hello everybody and welcome back to Investing with Wesley. Today I want to talk to you all about what the difference is between good debt and bad debt. And is there such thing as actually good debt? Let's get into it. Now first off I just want to say that there is such thing as good debt. And debt isn't the root of all evil like some people would have you believe. In fact the entire US economy is based off of debt and leveraging debt. A quick economy lesson. The United States economy is run off of long-term debt cycles and short-term debt cycles. Long-term debt cycles usually last anywhere from 50 to 100 years, whereas short-term debt cycles last anywhere from 5 to 10 years. Now it's the short-term debt cycle that people think of when they think of, oh, every 10 years the market has a big correction. That's usually the end of the short-term debt cycle. But the long-term debt cycle is actually a lot more fascinating. When it comes to the debt cycles, there's five steps in the cycle. The first one is the good debt phase. The second one is the bubble. The third is the top. The fourth is the depression. And the fifth is deleveraging. Let me explain to you what each one of those does. In the beginning phases, the good debt phase, people are taking on modest amounts of debt that they can actually afford to pay back and leveraging that debt to grow their net worth. Whether they're investing it in a business or in the stock market with a margin account, whatever the case might be, they're taking on debts that they can afford in hopes that leveraging that much more money will appreciate over time. But this leads to a bubble. When the bubble phase starts, people take out more debt than they can afford in hopes that when they leverage it, they'll get the same return they got in the good debt phase. And as we both know, the market is completely unpredictable and you cannot guarantee returns. So people become over leveraged by taking on too much debt. And when the market doesn't give them the returns they need, they default. And when enough people default, we enter what's called the top. Now the top is exactly what it sounds. It's the peak of the growth period of this bubble. At the peak of the bubble or at the top, this is where banks and the regulators constrict how much they allow people to borrow because they recognize a lot of people are over leveraged and there's a risk of them not paying the money back. They perhaps raise interest rates and change regulations so that less and less people qualify to take on debt. This is all an attempt to stop the oncoming depression, but it hardly ever works. Now it's a common phrase that what goes up must come down. And once we've reached the top of the peak, the only other direction we have to go is down. And this is the entrance to the depression phase. The reason for the depression phase is because it's a lot harder for people to get loans. Therefore, not as much people are leveraging debt and participating in the economy. But on top of that, the people that have defaulted on their loans that have been over leveraged from the start, they're now being foreclosed upon and all the items they bought with that debt gets repossessed. And they may even have to go bankrupt. Whichever side you're on, whether you were over leveraged or you still were using debt properly and it's just harder to come by, doesn't matter what side you're on. Each side leads to the same result. People spend less money on the economy and start saving money in their pockets more and more. And since no money is going into the economy, the market tanks. When the market tanks bad enough, it forces the feds to step in. And this is where we hit the deleveraging phase. Now, historically, the feds have always just lowered interest rates because if money's cheaper to borrow, then it encourages more people to take on debt and start this whole cycle all over again. But what happens when interest rates reach zero? How much lower can they go? Could they potentially go negative interest rates? Well, yes, actually they can. Some countries do have negative interest rates. But typically before a country goes negative interest rates, they deleverage all of their debts. 
Now these could be anything from government assistance and complete forgiveness to restructuring like you've seen recently with loan forbearance. Ultimately, we come out of the depression phase, go through the deleveraging phase, and restart the cycle all over again. People are deleveraged, they can now afford the debts that they do have, and they continue back on the cycle of taking on more reasonable debt until we get into another bubble, another top, and then ultimately another depression and deleveraging event. But as mentioned earlier, not all debt is bad debt. And no matter what part of the debt cycle we're in, it, you can still stay responsible with your debt and use it to leverage your investments so that you can grow your net worth rapid. So let's talk about some examples of what good debt is and what bad debt is. I'll start with the bad debt. Probably the most prevailing bad debt in America right now is the auto loan. People buying new cars or even used cars with payments that are a little bit too high that they can barely afford, all just to have something nice to ride around in. Auto loans on a brand new car are probably the worst financial mistake anyone could make because they're taking a loan at a premium rate buying a brand new car and that car will depreciate usually 50% of its value in the first five years alone. And most people take out loans for longer than five years, especially now people have 84 month loans. So you're paying $20,000 for a car that's only going to be worth $10,000 by the time you're done paying it off. Second on my list of bad debts is the credit card. And the credit card is actually kind of a gray area. What puts it on the bad debt side is when people buy a new TV or a refrigerator or a pair of sneakers or a new phone, when people put ridiculous things on a credit card and then pay them off over time, especially because credit cards on average charge anywhere from 18 to 28% interest. Now, if you watched my video on the rule of 72 and compounding interest, you'll know that a 20% interest is amazing when it comes to growing your investments. But the same thing works in reverse. If you're paying somebody 20% interest, you're doing amazing things for their pocket and horrible things for your own. So if you ever use a credit card, make sure you pay it off in full every month. Otherwise, it's a bad debt. Number three on my list are student loans. Now I'll argue that student loans aren't necessarily completely bad debt because if the education you receive in taking those debts on means a giant increase in your wages to where you could easily pay those debts off, then it's not necessarily a bad debt. But what makes it a bad debt is that they're the only debt in America that you cannot get rid of unless you die or pay them off. Even if you go bankrupt, the student loan debts stays with you. You are obligated to pay those back no matter what. So the only time I would recommend taking on a student loan is if you know you're absolutely going to stick with it to the end and graduate, and if you know the degree that you're going to get will help you achieve a job that has substantial amounts of income to pay for those debts. But if either of those aren't going to be met, then it's not worth getting a student loan because you have to pay that back no matter what. Now my fourth example of a bad debt is your primary mortgage. If you're a homeowner, and you live in the house that you own, that is not an asset. That is not producing you any money. That is a bad debt because it's costing out of your hard-earned money to pay for that mortgage. Now, yes, your property will probably appreciate in value and when you go to sell it, you might see a profit. But in terms of debt, your primary mortgage isn't providing you anything that is making money. It is only costing you money because only you're living there. Now I can go on and on giving you a bunch of different examples of what bad debts is. But at the end of the day, a bad debt is anything that depreciates in value or that's not producing cash flow income. 
So with that being said, let's get into the good debts. Number one on a good debt is a credit card. That's right, credit cards can be considered good debt and bad debt, but they're only considered good debts when you pay them off in full and are using that credit card debt strictly for the reward points. If you use a credit card to pay for everyday expenses like utilities, your phone bill, gas, and groceries, and then pay that off at the end of the month completely, you can stack up massive reward points that you could use for free travel or buying other things with your reward points. So when used properly, you could take advantage of the reward point system and make credit cards a good debt. Now the next example of a good debt is a rental property. Now I know a bad debt example was your primary residence being a mortgage, but if you have a rental property, even if it has a mortgage, you're not paying that. It's not coming out of your pocket. Hopefully, the rent you receive from your rental pays for its mortgage. So it's considered a good debt because one, it's a home appreciating in value. Two, it's not directly coming out of your pocket as far as expenses go. Whoever your tenant is, is paying that through the rent. And three, if the rent is high enough, you're also producing a cash flow positive income and you're actually making money. So this is what's called a good debt. Another example would be a business investment. Now, not all business debt is good debt, but if you take on debt to buy a franchise or to grow a business you already have so that you can expand and make more money, that's considered a good debt because just like having a rental property, the business pays for the debt so it doesn't come out of your pocket. Pretty much anything is a good debt if it appreciates rapidly in value and produces a cash positive return, or if it's a debt that pays for itself. Even if it's not producing monthly cash income for you, if you have a rental property that's at least breaking even, your tenant is paying the mortgage for you, then it's still a good debt because it doesn't cost you anything to own because someone else is paying for it. And when you go to sell it in the future, all that money you've put into it to build up that equity is yours. Now lastly guys, I just wanna say that pretty much any sort of debt can be either good debt or bad debt. And like everything, it all depends on how you use it. If you're overburdened and over leveraged with the amount of bad debt you have, and you think that you just can't afford it and you might have to file bankruptcy, or you really need to focus on paying your debts off, then I'll link to a previous video I did on how to pay off your debts extremely quickly. And lastly, if you wanna learn how to turn any bad debt into a good debt and make it give you some sort of return or a break-even return, then stick around because my next video on assets and liabilities will be about just that. Hey everybody, I just wanna say thank you for making it all the way to the end of the video. If you got value from this video today, please like and subscribe because it really helps the algorithm in helping my channel grow. And if you wanna take your personal finance to the next level, stay tuned because these videos talk all about that.